Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We have finished off uh, Terror of the Autons. We watched episodes three and four. Serial code E E E. That's true. It's such a shame that my favorite letter is attached to a John Pertwee story. I guess it would have to be. It would have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've told you my my favorite one of my favorite things about the John Pertwee era, haven't I? Regarding production codes, uh, that it starts with A A A. Yes, and it ends with Z Z Z. Oh. As in, yeah, there's 24 episodes and there are 24 production codes that, that fit in there. And so it's all a nice, tidy package. I'm glad that the 60s wrap-up was Ed Zed with the War Games mm-hmm. and that uh, Spearhead through uh, Planet of the Spiders is A through Z. And then we begin the 4A with mm-hmm. Tom Baker and then that's kind of when it goes screwy. But still, mm-hmm. we have that two brief moments of, of st- what's the word I'm looking for? Serial code perfection? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. No, I don't know what it is. Syzygy, synergy, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Autons or Autons <laughs> and stuff. Lots of action by Havoc. The master doing things, then quickly doing other things, and then it ends. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I think I like the first two episodes better than the last two episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a lot of action by Havoc, which, as you know, is not my favorite thing. They do a nice job. Like, the explosions are great. Oh, my goodness. There's lots of flips. There's some good stunt falls. What about that stunt fall in episode three where mm-hmm. Captain Yates rams the Auton as played mm-hmm. by Terry Walsh and he flies down that hill too far for the cameras to actually catch. They had two cameras on him and then so one of them had to pick up him going to the bottom there because the other one uh, missed it. Uh, when I saw that as a kid, like age 14, I think at the time, I was like, whoa, because <laughs> I love stunt falls so much. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this episode was was a pretty favorite of mine back in those days. I believe it. See, yeah. the the thing that I liked about that, that sequence, yes, uh-huh. it was a very impressive stunt <clears throat> fall for sure. Uh-huh. But the thing that I liked about it is the fact that the doctor, you know, so the, the unit fellows show up and they're shooting and the doctor shouts, they're autons, you know, they're plastic, the bullets won't hurt them. Mm-hmm. And Mike Yates immediately stops shooting jumps in the car and runs one of them down like that's just that is the the quickest thinking uh you know usually the especially like the way that the doctor makes the military mind out to be Mm -hmm. you would assume that they would just keep shooting and shooting which eventually they do at the end like they're just all shooting and shooting and getting shot up by the autons even though at this point they should know better but for that one brief shining moment (laughs) you have mike yates actually you know using his, his his noggin that's why he's a captain and not a lowly private or something like that. Who says, well, I don't care what that old guy in the weird clothes has to say. I'm going to keep shooting him. And then he eventually will die. But not Captain Yates. Thinking. Yep. Yep. He's thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else about this? What else? Did you, so so most of you didn't like this because of all the, the action by Havoc and stuff. Is that right? There's a lot of action by Havoc. And also I am realizing, yeah, this is definitely the place where... I I really just, I don't like the Doctor very much in this story. I think he was, I liked him in the first episode okay. Mm-hmm. And as it goes on, he just gets progressively more and more annoying to me. He is, and I think, you know, I've seen this story before. So this is yeah. one of the stories that has informed my opinion of the, the third Doctor. And he is just so touchy with the Brigadier all the way through. Like, uh, you know, my, you don't have this science equipment. How dare you? And, oh, you're wasting my time, you know, going through this sit rep. Well, like, it's important to go through st- uh, situation report. Sorry. <laughs> Stephen just made a weird face and said sit rep. Like a TARDIS or something? Like backwards? I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, a situation report. That's like a military type term, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
And <laughs> stop waving your hand around. I didn't know we were speaking jargon on this podcast, but whatever. Production codes is one thing, but what's a sit rep? I don't know. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and you know how he doesn't like to have his time wasted. He was jerkier about that mm-hmm. than he, like I feel like he got over the destruction of the um Silurian race faster than he got over the fact that the brigadier read him a list of list of ten things. Like it's just. All of all of a sudden, uh, Liz is gone, and like the tempering influence maybe is gone, and now he just he can just be a jerk. Quite possibly, I also think it might be performative, in that uh, you know he's when it, when everyone's around, and he's doing the briefing and stuff, and he's sort of like wandering. Ah, oh, I'm gonna go wander in the TARDIS as he's listing off things that they need to do, and they get some right, right there. But um, and then, but later on, when there's when it's just the Doctor and the Brig exploring the um the now abandoned plastics factory and just the way that he's sort of you know he's a lot more genial to him you know be a good chap and look through that desk would you like Mm -hmm. sort of that as opposed to look through that desk you know he's not impatient or anything Mm -hmm. and then when um uh brown rose comes in the man from the ministry uh and he starts like sort of like oh you're being inefficient or something like that like then like the doctor leaps to the brigadier's defense and sort of you know he's not looking at you know he's not giving you his his 100 attention he's very busy and he's doing his best and everything else so he he was defending him when the chips came down but i think yeah he's kind of very very stroppy i think i think he's still irate at the uh the prospect of the um uh the exile on on earth because you notice the first thing he does with the master's dematerialization circuit is try it in his own tardis to see if he can actually yeah. go he says bye joe because i think i'm out i'm done so yeah. That's true. Yeah, I did appreciate him jumping to the the brigadier's defense. Um and yeah, this is uh, this is the first time that we well maybe not the first time, but this is an example of us seeing somebody from the ministry being, you know, a pencil pusher as the doctor puts it, as opposed to several of the people that we saw in season 7 were actually like bureaucrats who were doing their best and trying and, you know, were like it season 7 not only showed the doctor in a better light, it showed bureaucrats in a better light. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And yeah, there are definitely some bureaucrats who are officious jerks who deserve to get their comeuppance the way this guy did. But I feel like I feel like right now at least the show is leaning into a lot of things that rub me the wrong way. And that that's one of them too. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey Palmer, you can't help but have Jeffrey Palmer be the most competent man in the room mm-hmm. as he was in Doctor Who and the Silarians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what else? What else is in this here? Did you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, you're, it's still a good master story. Yeah, oh, as yeah. you as you mentioned in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great, and this is you know I feel like it's template setting. He he wants to impress the doctor. He wants to defeat the doctor, and comes in with a plan along with somebody else, mm-hmm. like he, helping an alien race and. Then, uh, oh, whoops, they're going to turn on me. The doctor, like, I feel like it was a little too easy for the doctor to convince him. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm, yep. So then they end up working together to try to defeat the alien menace. I wonder if we'll see anything like that ever again. Do- Are you, is that a leading question? or? I was just being sarcastic. I don't know, I don't know what, you don't, what you don't know about the John Pertwee era, so I'm just... Well, not even necessarily just in the John Pertwee era. I mean, that's that's not limited to this version of the no. master is what I'm saying. No, they sort of do it a little bit in the new series, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
It's kind of the way their relationship works. It is. Uh, something else I was going to mention now. I can't remember what it was. So was it Havoc? Was it Action? Was it CSO? Music? No. Poor Farrell who meets his end. Poor Farrell being very, that's a very quick uh, plan B there for the master. Maybe, maybe when he knocked him out the second time, mm-hmm. he decided before he left the, uh, the caravan there or the coach rather he perhaps said okay hypnotize him to be me <laughs> just in case i need it mm-hmm. uh, or, or he does all that by the time like in the 20 seconds that he goes back to the um, coach pretty efficient if mm-hmm. that's if that's what he does well he probably has plans upon plans and contingencies and contingencies you know as he says to the doctor you know you're my intellectual like eagle yeah. almost <laughs> which we know it's almost in the other direction obviously mm-hmm. but yeah he is definitely almost the you know, he's the closest the doctor has had so far for a while, at least to uh, somebody who can, you know, equal him in terms of wits and stuff. Although I really, really, really hate the doctor's reaction at the end saying like, I understand what the show is trying to do that, you know, they're trying to build it up. Like the doctor saying he's looking forward to it because he's going to be the recurring big bad of this season. But he just murdered at least dozens of people. Like, we don't know exactly how many people died from right. the, the daffodils going off early. Um, plus a whole bunch of unit squatties. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's just just laughing it off. Oh, I look forward to this guy popping up again because we've, you know, I've, I've foiled his plan to leave Earth. That's, that's crappy, doctor. The original line, I believe, was something about, you know... Uh, and you know how long will he be on here? And they said, "Well, until I kill him or he kills me." Mm-hmm. That was the original line, and they thought, "Hey, it's a little dark. Maybe we should scale that back a bit." So, hence the more playful take on it. Oh my God, guys, find a happy medium. <laughs> Jeez, you don't have to go all that far in one direction or in the other. Mm-hmm. Boy, I wonder if it was a a also way to sort of tip the hat that yes, the uh, spoilers, everyone, the masters in every story in <laughs> season eight, which is. Quite a bold thing to do in retrospect, but um, uh, but yeah, he's he's in all of them. So be, act surprised when he turns up. Yeah, yeah, sure. That, like that's the thing I didn't already know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you don't know. Have you seen? Um, well, obviously you saw this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what other stories you've seen. Maybe I don't want to even ask you yet because I want to see what your unadulterated mm-hmm. first impressions are on some of these. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know which stories I've seen, but I don't actually know what order they come in or what seasons they're from or yeah. anything. So we'll, we'll just, I guess, stumble across them and I'll say, oh, yeah, I've seen this one or nope, no idea. I like that this is, I'm trying to think through the 60s. Uh, I can't necessarily put my finger on it, but, you know, the the, the Stephen Moffat-esque um, trope if you will of like statues will kill you shadows will kill you that sort of thing like everyday household objects will kill you it feels like that whole thing starts here with this story you know plastic daffodils plastic dolls um what other what else i can't remember but uh, telephone cords telephone cords like you know it's it's a it's slightly terrifying but it's also very fun for a child to sort of like go in the playground the next day and like some plastic thing is ah oh, it's an auton that's going to kill you i think it's kind of neat robert holmes more or less popularized it that's true yep mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say about that. I think you were correct. I know, I'm just pointing it out. I'm also pointing out the fact, um, I don't know if you noticed, uh, In I told you about it. And there's a couple scenes where I, I can notice it on location. And there's one when the doctor, the brigadier, Captain Yates, and Joe first arrive at the radio telescope radio telescope in episode one where it's not nicholas courtney in that shot because apparently he had like suffered from like a weird bout of like depression or something that that put him off set for a couple days and so they had like just someone sort of double in for him on some of those shots Mm -hmm. i know so like when they're running back to the car like he's there when the you know doctor and miss grant and the auton fires and and he's down but when they run back to um the car uh that's not nicholas courtney He, he had he had taken from the set so i know it's very sad well having suffered some serious severe bouts of depression Mm -hmm. myself i really really feel for him so like i'm i'm actually kind of surprised and glad that they you know gave him a few days off and let him do that and managed to work around it by putting in body doubles and stuff i Mm -hmm. mean i for some reason i would have would have assumed that they they would have just worked him to the bone yeah. um but no so i'm glad that he was able i was glad he, i'm glad he was able to take the time that he, he needed mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't want to end that uh the story on on that <laughs> down note um autons creepy creepy dolls creepy giant uh life-size guys hanging out daffodils yeah those were like i, th- I still think the troll doll is creepier yeah. than those giant headed fellows but uh but yeah and the you know it's it's a pretty cool visual just of uh, all of them walking slowly forward through the grass Mm -hmm. in their little suits with their hands like hanging open and just you know the giant smiles painted onto those faces and you know being shot at and fire shooting out of their hands like that's not it's not a scene i'm ever gonna love because it's all action based but Mm -hmm. i I do i do have some appreciation for the direction of it and and just that as a visual is that's pretty it stands out. Well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you appreciated it at least, if not all necessarily enjoyed this four part story to start the season. But it's it's fine. Yeah. Like I wouldn't choose to watch it if I didn't have to do a <laughs> podcast about it. It's one of those. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But uh, whereas many of the season seven episodes, like yeah, sure, let, let's sit down and watch one of those because right. like they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, you know, I'm, it's, I'm not as bothered as I was worried that I was going to be okay, by the first story here in, in season eight, but I am also feeling like I might be getting pretty much what I expected, like overall, uh-huh. <laughs> like I won't be as bothered by it as I thought I might be, but it's not going to be, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it may not be like a fun ride here. <laughs> like let's, let's push through. Well, we'll just see. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, the next story um, was a great thrill to me, perhaps because of action. But there's also other stuff that happened in it as well. Uh, It's the mind of evil that is the next story in Do On, this little quest of ours. I think we've already talked about this, that I have never seen it in color. Oh, so you have seen it in black and white then way back when? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like that long ago. Well, 1994. No, no, I've seen it since then. Yeah, oh, really. I what? I'm pretty sure I've watched it since I know since I knew you. It was wasn't that many years ago. It was when I lived in Madison. So it was before I moved here, oh. I believe. But yeah, I watched it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Did you do a commentary for a minute for RFS or something? I don't know because I might have watched that maybe, or maybe I just watched it because I wanted to watch it. 
come why would why that that doesn't <laughs> hold any point. water why oh i just want to watch a black and white john pertwee episode okay yeah that doesn't really sound like me <clears throat> maybe i did it for a different podcast who knows i don't know either i'm gonna have to invest i don't know if we have done a commentary maybe we have <laughs> On Radio Free Scott? I don't know. You've got like 700 episodes. You can't be expected to remember all of them. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I, I'm looking forward to watching it again um, in color this time. Therefore, it'll be new in yeah. some ways. Yeah, it'll definitely be. That'll be new to me. Well, good. Mm-hmm. That's all happening on the next episode of Lazy Doctor Who on the Incomparable Network. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.